0: On this week's episode of the F-Stops Here podcast, we're joined once again by the newest member of the Quarter Century Club, Lisa Donchek. Lisa helps us talk about pruning our social media photography gardens, big announcements from Canon, and logging our lives one chest-high photo at a time. Thanks for joining us, and happy shooting.
1: So four of the S Stops here. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Zach Egal, and we have Lisa Donchak back on the show, fresh back from hey South guys. by Southwest. Woo. And it's, uh, it's it was your birthday yesterday, wasn't it?
2: Yes, it was.
1: Happy birthday! Thank you. Like twenty. I see. Now? I see on Google Plus you had a right.
2: Yeah, something like that. No, I'm twenty-five. Okay.
1: <laughs> really?
2: Uh, I was gonna go out and take pictures yesterday, but the clouds weren't epic enough, so I went for a run instead. Which was excellent.
0: Heck of a way to spend your birthday.
1: <laughs> you had a pretty nice looking cake on uh, Google+. Yeah,
2: let me show you guys rainbows. the cake. Uh, and I will tell you how I took the picture of the cake as well, if you guys are curious. <laughs> um, so I'll For go those of you
1: listening I believe this involves rainbows.
2: It does. So it is called the Special Occasion Rainbow Cake. And here you have my Google Plus profile. we uh, will scroll right down to it. Yeah, so here's the cake. Um And my mom makes it for me every year. Uh, It is, again, called Special Occasion Rainbow Cake, and it is a bunt cake. Um, And she does it by dividing the batter into five sections and then layering them into the bunt. And the bunt pan, I guess. And then she mails it to me, which is very cool. Um, So I got it yesterday, and I took this picture on my phone, uh, and I edited it with Snapseed, which is one of my favorite mobile editing apps, if not my favorite mobile editing app. Um, But it has a lot of the very basic... Photo editing functionality. You can change the contrast, the saturation, and can even get a little more creative and add things like drama or um, the vintage effect, which I think has some sort of texture overlay. Um, I didn't do that for this one. I kind of bumped up the saturation and the contrast to make it look slightly more rainbowy. But it does it does kind of look like this in real life um, and is delicious.
1: Nice, nice. It does look delicious all right Zach so I think we'll just get back started with my topic that I was going on a
0: rant and then yeah so uh for for everybody that uh, that wasn't around for our first uh, attempt at tonight's show um, Joe you had mentioned earlier uh, in the week that uh you were you were planning a revolution on your social media something uh something was just kind of a passing comment that you made but I thought it would uh definitely be an interesting topic so why don't you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So this actually
1: came about by a a tweet that I saw by Eric Leslie, which was, you know, how do you, what do you do to, you know, make sure that your creative muscle doesn't go away? Or, you know, how do you stay creative? And I actually told him, uh, because I think he was more trying to see if it was on social media. I told him like, hey, you know what, honestly, it's I don't do anything on social media. I go outside. I turn off the computer. I put a, you know put away my phone if I really want to be creative just because there's just so much stuff coming in there. And that actually started percolating in my mind because I've noticed that I follow a lot of photographers on Google Plus and on Facebook. And it's just my feed now. It's just a deluge of photos. And, and it's usually not albums. It's usually not anything along those lines. It's just one photo after another told by, you know, how they're taking it. And it's cool um, that they're doing that. But at the same time, it's almost, I'm getting fat- like social media fatigue, not only from just the sheer amount of photos, but it's making me feel less creative. And maybe that's just because I can't get out there and do stuff, but I prefer to go where people aren't. I want to try stuff that people really aren't doing slash project film and you know, even before that, time lapses when not as many people are doing them, but you know, people still do them. So while anything that I'm doing is not necessarily unique, it's just something along the lines of uh, I'm just I'm feeling overloaded, and so my my somewhat revolutionary proposal was that I'm going to basically hide these people from my feet, not unscribe from them, because it's not that I don't believe they're doing good work. It's just that. I need to kind of center myself when it comes to, you know, the creative outlet. So I was curious what you guys thought about that.
2: um, I feel like motivation can come from a lot of places. And on one hand, I find, you know, I have a lot of really amazing photographers in my circles. And they come from all over the world. And they use really interesting techniques that, as a new photographer, I may not be aware of. Are they interesting perspectives or compositions or things like that? But I also find that as somebody who works full-time, sometimes I get this kind of, like, anxiety. It's like, oh, these guys are taking photos all the time. Like, I want to go out and take photos all the time too, but um, I also kind of have to be in the office sometimes, and and that makes it difficult. Right, no, I feel you. There's a term for this that I learned the other day. It's FOMO, fear of missing out. And when I see other people taking mm-hmm. pictures, when I have to be in the office, I feel like I'm missing out on running around and taking pictures. So it's definitely so, a balance between right. being inspired by the things that I see and getting a little anxious that I can't be out there doing the same things.
0: So let me ask you guys something then. If um, if you you have this FOMO, which I it's actually, it is, I looked it up. There's a definition for it. Um, it, it, is it, it for, a for, thanks out? for trusting our guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's really nice no, of No, you. it's not that. I just for our our um, our listeners and our viewers, I wanted to provide a, a link so that they could check it out themselves. Um, for For this FOMO, do you guys um, do you guys check social media throughout the day? Like, are, are you constantly yeah. looking at Facebook and and Google Plus and Twitter and seeing wow. these things come across your feed?
1: I I would say uh, Twitter for me. I'm looking at it pretty much not all day because uh, I'm pretty sure my job wouldn't be happy to hear that but I do check it periodically um, Facebook and Twitter I've really stopped for the most part looking at it during the day now so I only look at it in the morning and when I come home and to try to get to the people's stuff that I want to do it's going through a lot of photos and it's like oh check out this you know awesome you know sunrise photo I took at some place that's an hour away and like well that's amazing I would have loved to do that today like it, you know it's just uh, it's kind of a you know it's kind of a bummer because some of these places look awesome, but i can't you know i can't go i can't do it you know, like Lisa said I think we're all actually in you know good company here because we're all people that you know have day jobs and are just really passionate about photography on the side
0: do you find do you find that you see more of this noise on Facebook or elsewhere?
2: I think it depends largely on where you find your photography crowd. Um, for me, it's definitely all on Google+. I don't use Flickr or Instagram or any of those other things. And so everybody I follow is on Google+. And um, I found that I could spend hours just scrolling through the beautiful photos that I see from the people in my circles. Um, mm. But I've also realized that I can spend hours scrolling through <laughs> the beautiful <laughs> photos that I see. Um, from my circles. So I have tried to turn off social media, you know, Facebook, Google Plus, and then even Gchat um, when I'm at work at least throughout the morning and as much of the afternoon as I can stand without uh, needing my fix. Um, and that's worked out pretty well. My morning productivity has skyrocketed. I don't know if there's a correlation there or not.
0: But. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So you're saying that when you don't waste time on social media, your productivity skyrockets?
2: shocking.
0: Uh, it, it, we're it, we're going to sure have to bleed. We're going to have to bleed this if, out. We're going to have to every out. business in America and probably the greater part of the world didn't also believe that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess I, I'm kind of in a in a unique situation in that I kind of um ingest the out, the the social cuz work has most of social media blocked. So I don't really get a chance to check it unless I go out and and check it on my phone. So um, like outside the building. So, um, I don't really get a chance to see much of Facebook, and it's mostly Facebook and, and Google Plus because, and maybe that's kind of where we differ. Is is uh, Joe? I kind of went through uh, exactly what you were feeling in that mm-hmm. um, when I first really got into Google Plus, it was marketed to me as. The end all be all place for photographers to end up, and so I started <laughs> following the the big names in in photography. And and as you know, a lot of people probably realize the big photographers that were the leading men and women in Google Plus kind of took a took off running with it. And and you know the one that comes to my mind, uh, you know, right away is Trey Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. I had to stop following him because that's all my google plus feed was 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 just pictures of he was posting and and it it really got to the point where it was useless to me as a social media platform because it was it was a great Trey Radcliffe platform um but you know not really a a great um a great place for me to go look at so um I don't follow any of those
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh, so if you look at the top ten um, most followed people on Google+, which you can see I'm sharing now, socialstatistics.com slash top slash people. And I don't know if this is officially sanctioned or not, so I'm not saying this is a Googler, and I don't know. I can't speak to the veracity of these statistics, um, but it is It is one way of looking at it. Um, two, I would say, and a half of the top ten are... Um, Google Plus users oh, photographers. Yeah, Thomas Hawk is right up there uh, <laughs> yep. with, with Trey and Tom Anderson as well, who former president of MySpace, but he has gotten into photography recently as well. Um, so I would say like two and a half, you of the would top ten. Think he'd are... get a
1: better photo? No, no, no. <laughs> that, that is Tom. That's the, that's
2: the one that they recognize. <laughs> that's the most recognizable Tom Anderson photo. But definitely, Google Plus is a place where you can find photographers. Um, obviously, you know there's oh, some yeah. players, singers, songwriters, sports. Uh, figures on here as well, but it, it, photography does have its place.
0: And I think if you and let I, it dominate, I think if you let it dominate your, your feed, that's kind of, and, and so what I was kind of getting to is I wiped Google plus completely clean. I, I uncircled everybody. Um, and then I went back and, and kind of looked and almost did it around and, and maybe uh, I hate to date myself here, but uh, in college, when I was in college, before Facebook, before Facebook actually came out, um, Back in Facebook, the day. Facebook was this this great new tool to stay in touch with people that you were friends with or that you went to high school with, and so there wasn't this this you know companies weren't throwing themselves at, at you trying to to get money from you, and and businesses weren't trying to get you to like them. And and you know, I'm guilty of this too. I, I throw my business page out there all the time. So my Facebook is made up of primarily two things and it's people that I'm actually friends with, be it in person or, or from a, an online thing uh, and businesses that I've liked because I wanted to enter a contest that they were giving something away. That's really kind of it. And so I, I kind of went back and modeled my Google plus after that. And to an extent my Twitter as well, because it just, it's, there's so much noise out there, and it's really easy to, um to kind of let that, especially with photography, because Google Plus is fantastic um, for displaying photos. I think, you know, we talked about that last week with, with Facebook marketing, or, or getting ready to make changes that are definitely going to go after the, the presentation aspect of, of Google mm-hmm. Plus. Uh, but, when your Google Plus feed is filled with full-size photos, just these gorgeous photos, you absolutely get, like you're you're saying, I mean, yeah, and you just – you constantly are scrolling through these giant photos of these great far-off lands that – you know, I'm lucky if I get out of the state of Maryland half the time, let alone, you know, a mountain climbing trip in Tahiti with whatever, you know. Whatever. that just to show you how vacation? very, very little I know about the outside world I
1: mean,
0: that, okay, yeah, the so other that thing might...
2: that I notice when there's kind of a community of photographers somewhere and I'm guilty of this as well is when somebody sees something awesome a lot of people either try to do the same thing or go to the same place or use the same technique yes. and so then you get like a that. lot of the exact same type of shot and I've mm-hmm. done that before like one of my uh, one of my good friends did a picture where he held up a crystal ball in front of his um, camera and so he got this very cool inverted image um, of, the, of the scene, and so I stole that technique and used it in Tahoe and got something very cool, actually. Um, but I also know that taken a little further, you could just have then, like, 20 or 30 people doing that exact same technique. And, I mean, especially when people go on trips together, you get, like, the Yosemite moonbows example. example is excellent, when last year just, like, 250 photographers showed up to Yosemite to take pictures of this rainbow at night um, in the valley. And it's just like then all you saw for like two weeks were these pictures. Well, I've, I've, I've yeah. seen that,
0: Joe. I've seen that in in pictures that you've taken, and and it would probably be a good question for you, Lisa. When you, um, Joe, in your pictures, I've seen I've seen pictures that you have photos that you have taken of photographers taking photos.
2: So meta, so, right? Yeah, it's, we it's weird know, that right? at the at the uh, at the uh, Chinese New Year photo walk where it was. Somebody taking a picture through a lens with a different camera of, like, of some, what was it? It was the fisheye lens and then a camera behind it and then a cell phone behind that taking a picture of the camera. And then somebody else taking a picture of the whole setup.
1: That was me taking a picture (laughs) of the whole setup because I just thought that was hilarious.
2: It was hilarious.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just thought it was amazing. So, and, and... I mean, Zach, I I'm not quite sure where you're going with this. Well, it, but, it's
0: just uh, just that by you taking pictures by 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 you displaying all the photographers that were taking photos of these gorgeous sunsets over the beach, you know, because you guys are are out there, you get some just amazing sunsets. It's it's it really just it's kind of goes to show I'm Lisa's point a little bit more. Is, what?
1: Nothing. I'm glad that we have something nice about California from you on record.
0: That's about it. But don't worry <laughs> because. You guys are gonna fall off the map eventually, but um, oh, thanks. But it just kind there of goes go. to prove Lisa's point that that one beautiful sunset captured by 250 people is the same beautiful sunset. Yes. But that
2: at the same time, really it's nice time. to see people. Perspective a sure. little bit different, right? And I, I love this on photo walks is when you're kind of like all walking down the street together and you all see the same stuff. You all have the same canvas to work with. Hmm. Maybe that's not the best the best analogy. You all oh, have the sure same play is. to work with. No, like what not- do you end up constructing, right? What do you end up taking away from that experience? Um, and that was something that like as a new photographer, less than a year ago, still a new photographer. I loved that because you could walk around with somebody and be like, Wow, look at how they're looking at like, you know, this bike on the sidewalk or look at how they're, you know, standing with regards to this building. Um it just it's a, it's a good learning experience even if later your social media all looks kind of the same in terms of location.
0: Well and you know I, yeah. I kinda get that a lot too is um you know a lot of what my actual work, photography work is, is is family portraits and, um, you know, like newborn photography and baby photography and stuff like that. And the number one request that I get is a a general request from, from clients. It's usually the moms is, are you on Pinterest? I pinned a bunch of photos. I would love it if you could take photos exactly like that. And you know, I I do, do my best to, to give them what they want. But at what point in time does that become photographic plagiarism.
2: (laughs) Well, and it's interesting because I've talked to a couple of fairly prominent wedding photographers and they get that sort of request all the time. It's like they will come to the table with very specific examples of a very specific style of photography that they're looking for. And these wedding photographers will effectively say, hey, you know, here is my body of work, here is my portfolio, this is the kind of work that you can expect from me, this is the style that I kind of represent, and if that's what you're looking for, like, great, let's do business together. But if you're looking for this specific style like you may want to go talk to that photographer who took that right um, because they'll probably be able to right. deliver that
0: and i very clearly <laughs> lay that out in my contract is is i'm going to shoot the way that i shoot i'll do my best to accommodate what i can but you know i'm 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 not going to do what the photographer down the street's going to going to shoot i'm not going to shoot exactly like that cuz that's just that's compromise and that's yeah
1: but, Zach, to kind of kind of go back a little bit, um, I would say that everybody, you know, even me shooting photographers at Photo Walk Alliance events, which I actually kind of like now because it is a slightly meta thing because you can see a picture and then you can almost kind of see the process behind it, was also one of the reasons I would say that we started TPA was, hey, that's a really cool sunset. What's the best way to capture it? And you can just basically look over to either side of you and ask somebody, like, hey, how are you shooting that? And, like, the Chinese New Year was a good example because as soon as it got dark, everybody was freaking out about ISO and shutter speed. And it's like, hey, are, are you rocking manual? I'm rocking manual right now because I can't, you know, I can't get this shot without it being totally blurred. So I think that there is a value in that. And I guess that the issue that I'm having is a ton of photos out of any sort of contextual structure just a ton of photos doesn't really help me but if it's within a context like a photo walk or a place that I want to go when I'm searching or something like that then I would say that that's something that I would be interested in so and you know maybe this is coming across as a you know a whiny rant or not but it's just something where I don't know I I wanna feel like I'm creative and I'm not copying I'm not plagiarizing somebody by constantly looking at a photo saying oh well that's a really cool thing of you know, hawk hill i should probably go up there and take some pictures too that's you know screw hawk hill i want to go find some place south of santa cruz that somebody's not at take a bunch of pictures and then you know, who knows people might go there too maybe not but oh um... well,
2: for all of my snarkiness about the Moonbows event in Yosemite, mm-hmm. it was actually incredible. And I showed up I think I'd been like one or two months into photography and I like had my camera and like some dopey little tripod and I like set it up and I was like ready to go and I hadn't even thought about what settings I was gonna use. And then somebody was somebody turned to me and they're like, What ISO are you gonna use? And I was like, What is ISO? <laughs> like like what, what is that? What like how do I use it? Um and but then I, you know, from talking to a couple of people around me figured out how I could take a picture of what we were about to see and probably without those people I would have ended up with like a lot of really awesome black squares right. or rectangles uh, <laughs> that wouldn't probably have looked like this.
0: so right. Joe I, so, I, yeah. I think kind of what we're saying is that I don't I don't think you're alone in wanting to get rid of that or or at least hide it for a little while maybe take a break from it um, I don't I I don't blame you anyway. it-
1: thanks sorry I just I had to I had to <laughs> It's all right. You can just edit it out later. Probably with, you know, half of my text,
0: too. No worries. So, uh, well, I guess we'll go ahead then. Um, we'll, we'll, now that your pregame rant is is over, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll move into uh, what you're shooting. So, Joe, what are you shooting this week?
1: Uh, what am I shooting this week? I well, actually, week, what did you uh, shoot since the last well, the show? Well, uh, I told you about the the birthday party I'm shooting. So I'm actually editing that on Caltrain rides to and from work, which is really fun because it moves a lot. So it's almost like a game of, like, how can I whiten this person's teeth without totally having my brush go off in a direction? Um, But besides that, uh, this coming weekend on Saturday, we're having the Baker Beach uh, TPA walk. So we'll actually be wandering around the batteries at Baker Beach and probably just totally contributing now that I realized it to what we were just complaining about. So it will be <laughs> a really fun event if you are in the San Francisco area to come join us. Uh, it's on um, search for my, me or it's on the Photo Walk Alliance page. And it's going to be a, a total blast. We have a huge turnout expected. And we're um, praying that the weather's good. But we'll be you know shooting up a storm this weekend. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Lisa, what about you? What are you? What, yeah,
2: I, I'm just trying to pull some stuff up here. Um, as you guys know, I was at uh, South by Southwest last week. Um, and for those small, of you who
1: small, know, tiny conference, you know.
2: Just tiny little conference, no big deal. No, uh, just in Austin, kind of middle of nowhere. Not, not a huge thing. Um, but How many yeah, it was actually fantastic. Chair? Sorry.
1: Sorry, sorry, I interrupted. How many people showed up this year? Do you know? Oh, I
2: don't actually know the answer to that, um, but what I do know is, so it started out as a um, music conference and then expanded to film and technology, and uh, this year was, I think, the first year that the number of registrants for the interactive part, or aka the technology part, um, actually was more than either the film or the music, uh, which is kind of cool for those of us who really are into the technology side of things. Um, so... Let's see. Um, let me see if I can share a couple of photos from that really quickly. Sure. Um, go trying for to it. find those guys right now. Um, I and did work for those with the boss to that event, which was really fun. Uh, oh. So I have a whole bunch of pictures from there. But the ones that I will share Ooh. are um, from my DSLR. So here we go.
1: So uh, for those of you listening in, uh, This is actually a live uh, YouTube broadcast, so you can go to my YouTube channel actually where it is being recorded, and you can actually see these links if you're too lazy to click on them yourself um, on the show notes.
2: Cool. All righty. So I'm going to go ahead and screen share right now. Um, Boom. So one of my friends who is an ex-Googler, I'll give him a shout out. Uh, There he is right there, Kyle Schumacher actually shared his apartment with several of us Uh, and this was the view from his apartment. of What I've learned is called the frost building because I guess the top looks like frost. Um, And this was just about an hour or so after sunrise and um, the clouds were beautiful and the colors were beautiful and I did very little to this picture to actually get its effect Um, but it was fantastic. Uh, And then the second photo that I will share is Joe inviting me to a hangout. Um, This one is from um, Trey Radcliffe's photo walk, actually. And this is 6th Street on Monday night. You can see it is very, very full. Um, And I used a 14-millimeter lens, which is a very wide lens, and I HDR'd it. Um, But I like this because it kind of captures the hustle and bustle of what was going on in the city at that time. Um, And this is almost a couple of blocks away from where we ended, and so um, we kind of ended up being this very long centipede of a couple hundred people. Um, But a very, very fun night. Just and then, nuts. yeah, ridiculous. Um, yeah, and then, that as is nuts. this week, um, I am very excited for the Saturday photo walk, which I will also be going to. Um, and again, Yay. check it out, guys. You should join us. It's going to be great.
1: <laughs> so, what about you, Zach? Uh, just I'm going to more... ask if you're taking photos of any babies, not shooting babies, because that didn't really go over well last time.
0: Actually, I am. Yeah, uh, I've got a one-year-old birthday um, shoot on Saturday. And um, I'm actually lining up something really, really neat, but I can't talk about it. So Ooh, I'm not gonna. Yeah, intrigue, yeah. mystery. It's really not that exciting. Are
1: we going to find it, out about it on later shows? Because that would be like a really cool hook for, to have people actually come
0: back. Yes, absolutely. Eventually, okay, I don't know when. Yes. I'm still working out the details of that too. So, but um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I, I lining up a lot of stuff. It's just. It, the first quarter of the year is really terrible for any kind of client work, just because, it, especially on the East Coast, there's you can't really go outside and do anything. Um, I did get a new... You guys uh, have bad weather
1: on the East Coast? Really? Yeah, you, you guys know. get
2: snow. Snow is beautiful.
0: I'm not saying that I
2: completely envy it, but there are some good photo opportunities with snow.
0: Yeah, but then you got to work with your white balance, and that's just a nightmare. Plus, we didn't get any snow this year, really, so that's two years in a row. Oh, you had the, you had the rainstorm apocalypse. I remember that's, that. We got three inches of snow here. Thank you. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, I live in Western Maryland, so yes, we did. But um, I did. Uh, yeah, so it's it's really been tough. So what I've been doing, I just ordered a um a a black vinyl backdrop that I'm getting ready to use, and I'll actually be using it for the session on on Sunday. Um, just kind of playing around with studio lighting stuff like that. Uh, it's it's always been something that's Kind of in, intrigued me, because there's so much that goes into making a single photo look amazing, uh, and that's it's it's almost like porn to me to look at the um like the behind the scenes shots of yeah. Well, we've got you know the, the key lighting and all this other mm-hmm. st- the low key lighting and all this other stuff. So that's kind of what I've been doing is, is playing around with that, and uh, I make my wife pose for senior photos. Um, <laughs> she's my my uh, my model so.
1: Yeah. Well, she's also gotten into photography, though, right? Doesn't yeah. she have a DSLR now?
0: Yeah, I got her one for Christmas, and I'm uh, kind of hoping that she um, gets into it with me. Uh, I actually have already booked her for a second shooter in October, so um, that's going to be interesting. But uh, so I'm you, excited. So she is
1: checking shooting for you.
0: That, oh, she that, will that's be. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, she will be. She doesn't know it. She may not yet know it yet, but
1: <laughs> yeah. So. so there's somebody I'll have to shout out. I don't. I don't know if you follow. Um, Alex Huff on Google Plus or uh, Facebook but uh, she might be somebody you want to follow because she actually is in the marketing department at Borrow Lenses where I interviewed and is a huge lighting person Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm on the uh, boat with you. I'm always curious about you know what exactly goes into lighting especially flash stuff because i'm just not good at it and you know it's definitely one of those things where you have to you normally rock man- manual and it can be a little bit dicey because if you screw up you know it depends on what the event is sometimes you don't have a chance to reshoot it
0: when i'm cheap so i'm so. constantly trying to find ways to save money um you know prime example is and i, I I'm, I'm actually kind of a little mad but well you know what are you going to do it's not a whole lot um I was originally looking at getting a bunch of um, oh man, I just spaced on the name the uh, the, the transceivers triggers.
2: Um, oh yeah, like I, the remote, the remote.
0: Yeah, trigger, but what's the trigger traps? No, no? trigger traps, not our, no, no, no no no. They're they're flash triggers. Um, they're flash oh, transceivers. Oh, okay. Um, I'm spacing on the name of the company. and It'll come to me. But uh, what I did instead was I did a little research and um, I found that uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's pronounced Yongnuo. Um. But uh, Mm -hmm. they they make a lot of uh, it's not cheap, um, but it's it's economically priced equipment, and they actually have a set of transceivers. I want to say I paid like eighty nine dollars for a pair of them, and they are fantastic. That's I (laughs) I mean that's that's a pair. So they've got two different groups, three different channels. So you've got you know whatever that permutation is for for grouping. a range of like 300 feet, so you know a, a football field. Um, so I've been playing around with those, and and I'm actually gonna I'm actually planning on using them for a wedding I'm shooting in July to trigger uh, a couple off camera flashes just to kind of get the reception hall lit up when it gets dark. Um, so you know that's that's kind of one of the things that, that I do, and, and obviously I've talked about it before, but I'll say it again. I, I love Cowboy Studios stuff um, because it may not be the 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 best like Toughest built. It's not built for tough, but uh it definitely gets the job done. And um with enough tweaking and, and DIY, it's definitely something that um it's it's fun. It's like MacGyvering photography. I mean three quarters of photography is being MacGyver anyway, so yeah. That's very true. So, yeah. And and
1: for the and for the record, if there's about anybody out there listening that can maybe bring us to a car shoot where they have those soft boxes that are the sizes of, like, tractor trailers, we are totally in. Because <laughs> um, I've seen some of the behind-the-scenes stuff for some of the car shots they do in, like, warehouses, and it's just, like, my my tongue falls out of my mouth because it just looks awesome. And the cost behind it is probably
0: enormous. But Pocket Wizard, that's it. what I was thinking of. Pocket Wizard. So they actually gotcha. just came out, Pocket Wizard just actually came out with um, the Plus X, uh, and it's touted as the first pocket wizard under a hundred dollars, which I have, I, I kind of take a, a little bit. I have qualms with because it's $99 and that doesn't include shipping <laughs> or tax. Um, and eh, it's one, it's line. one transceiver. Uh, now it does work with their old stuff, which is kind of neat. Um, and it's very, very basic in the fact that it does exactly what you need it to do and nothing else. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, oh, I looked at good. sometimes yeah, You don't but, want the and right, right. Yeah. Because look at something, uh, look at something like the the, the pocket wizard plus uh, threes or whatever, there's 30 buttons on the back and I have no idea what any of them do. So, <laughs> and I'm not about to learn four months before a wedding. Right.
2: Yeah. I've yeah. experimented very minimally with flashes. Um, we have a studio on campus that somebody has put together. And so I've um, done a couple awesome. of people's, it's very cool. Um, I've that done a couple awesome. of people's headshots in there and it's, it's interesting because it's just a totally different way of thinking about photography. You just have right. a lot more control over the scene. Um, but as, as some of you may know, I really like HDR photography and combining multiple exposures together. and I recently heard this excellent analogy that people with people who use flashes to light their picture are kind of artificially changing the lighting of a scene, right because they're bringing in external light. But then if you HDR something, you're also taking the light that's available and then artificially altering it in the processing side. So in a lot of ways, you know, you're still changing the reality of what's actually there. You're just doing it either before or after you take the picture. Um, and that was obviously kind of like in defense of HDR. And as somebody who very much enjoys their HDR photography, I, I will probably, you know, spearhead this analogy a little bit further. But uh, I thought that was a very interesting way of thinking about it.
1: Now, when you do your HD, HDR, do you do bracketing? Like, how do you do it? Are Are you just taking one photo and then just splitting out the raw, like copying the raw files and then t- tweaking it? Are you taking multiple photos?
2: Yeah, so I do five brackets um, automatically, and I have a 5D Mark III uh, Canon, um, so we'll automatically do the five for you. And I usually do plus two to minus two, unless I'm in, a like, a place with a lot of contrast or I'm shooting directly into the sun, and then it might be something like three to minus three or something like that. Um, but then, yeah, I use, I use some tools. Uh, I use Nix Software's HDR FX Pro, which I can very much endorse. They do a excellent job. Jamie would love you right now. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's, it's a great tool. It combines, it combines any number of exposures. I sometimes only select two out of the five that I have taken, uh, and sometimes three, and sometimes all five of them, depending on kind of the quality of the exposures I got or the effect that I'm looking to get. Um, and then you can play with kind of the dynamic range after you've combined them. As a single
1: photo, yeah, I'm trying to think of the one that actually I use on my computer and i don't have to actually i think it's like h d r darkroom pro is the one that i've it's just some app that i found in the uh
0: yeah it's it's in the app where I have the same one yeah it's in
1: yeah and it, it's definitely nice it d- it definitely gets the job done um but uh but yeah, I'm always curious about people that are doing h d r because i just i don't do enough of it but I, I really enjoy it so, I don't know, I, I I tried to do a bunch of it when I was over in um, Europe last year, and then my hard drive uh, fell off my desk, so I have to <laughs> see if I can recover those, yeah. Uh, totally, totally different story that I'm not going to get onto here, but <laughs> anyway, so Zach, I think we have some news stuff that we probably want to pick Lisa's brain about before we go, so what what are the what are the articles of
0: the week so I mean really there's there's not any bigger news I don't think uh than what canon's getting ready to announce uh, on friday um, which pretty much has already been spoiled for most of the greater internet um been a long time coming oh, shot uh, yeah, been a long time coming, but uh they're getting ready to announce uh a possibility of the canon seventy d which is the um the successor to the sixty d and um, the EOS B, which I actually think is a little bit more interesting than the the 70D, because 70D is really just iterative. Um, it almost sounds like the mm-hmm. the EOS B is is starting to go after um, the mirrorless market, which they've already done with the EOS M and failed miserably, uh, in, in my personal opinion. <laughs> well, <laughs> but um, no, I mean it's a great thing to put on an end of an 800 millimeter lens. Okay, I mean, for, what else are you going to put on their real camera? Nah um but interestingly enough uh it almost sounds like this is what might replace the Canon Rebel uh line um and if not replace mm-hmm. it it'll it'll be sold side by side with it um and again we're speaking about the EOSB. Uh, Best Buy actually leaked the information about it on their website uh and then just decided to put it up for pre-order um but uh it it's not a whole lot known about it quite yet um but uh you know it, it it's it's really kind of interesting to see I actually had a good well, conversation. So give us the
2: rundown. Like, why are people super psyched about it?
0: So, cause isn't it a smaller form factor? Yeah. So it's, it's a smaller form factor than, than the rebel series. Um, but it's still got most of the punch that they do. Um, let me see here real quick. It's, it's going to be, no, uh, Ooh, that's a good question. Hold on. I'm looking. I, think I don't think Maybe so. I don't know yet. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah there, there's a lot yeah. of speculation right now. Um, they do, they do know that it's probably going to be, uh, eighteen megapixel, eight hundred dollar price tag. Um mm-hmm. optical viewfinder and a pop up flash, which kind of makes people think that it's it's replacing the Rebel line. Um yeah. but I mean really I think I think not so much specs, a... but this really speaks to more so um I think Canon and I, I, we I talked about this on Twitter with a couple of people this week. I, I really think Canon and Nikon are starting to, to feel the pressure coming from Olympus and um you know the 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 guys that it's it's actually kind of funny it's it's the companies that Canon and Nikon pretty much dethroned when uh, the the digital SLR market came around um are are now coming back full force with these mirrorless tiny cameras and and really all it's going to take is in my opinion all it's going to take is for Joe client to stop thinking that a giant digital SLR means professional photographer. Uh, and then it's, it's going to be the wild West um, because right now, you know, like I said, if I walk down the street with, you know, a grip on my Canon 5d Mark two with my 70 to 200 big white lens with the red circle around it, people automatically think, Oh, he must be a professional photographer because his camera is gigantic. And right. I'm, and I've got a bad back to prove that yes, it is gigantic. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I can take good pictures. And you look at some of the guys, or some of the people, sorry, that are are taking photos with the mirrorless, tiny little cameras that aren't—you know—they're they're no bigger than a cell phone. And it's it's breathtaking. Um, it's good that we recognize that, and I think once the the mass market recognizes it, it's it could be trouble. So.
2: Well, it's interesting because you know. There is definitely some sort of cachet to having a really big camera and a really big lens. And for people who maybe aren't as familiar with uh, photography, a lot of them think that just having a bigger camera means that you probably have a better camera and you're probably a better photographer. Um, There are some amazing, amazing people out there who just specialize in what's called iPhonography, where really all they're doing is taking pictures um, with their (laughs) iPhone. (laughs) And let me like let me just share one of these people really quickly with you um, because I think it's probably worth it just to see the amazing things you can do with a camera that maybe isn't a DSLR or like maybe isn't even a camera; it's a phone. Um, you
1: you got to show your fo- the one that you took with the photo JoJo lens this past I weekend. Will. you got do that. Yeah, you have to show that one to the the crowd too.
2: Yes. Um, so this is Michael Sutton, and I really encourage you guys to circle him because he is an awesome photographer, um, and he lives in Australia. And every single day he posts a picture um, that he takes at sunrise from the beach in Australia. Um, And he takes it with his iPhone. And um, he does a little bit of processing, but um, a lot of this is just kind of what it is. Um, And if you look at something like this, like this is a beautiful photo in terms of you get this contrast, you get these silhouettes, and you get this light coming through over here in the water. And you don't need a really big rig to get something like that. It's very very interesting. And then the other one that I've been playing a lot with, and for those of you who are maybe in the iPhoneography or I'm an Android user, so Androidography category, um, I've recently purchased based on Joe's suggestion a uh, fisheye lens for my phone, um, which I've been playing around with a little bit. Yeah, let me see if I can find that picture that I took this weekend. Uh, It's further down, I think. Bear with me. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm a horrible intro influenced and I will take responsibility for it
2: or an excellent influence all right here we go yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a photo that I took uh, using my phone and the fisheye lens and I pointed directly into the Sun and I got this very cool lens flare and so I like how there's kind of repeating shapes here with the circle of the fisheye lens and the circle of the lens flare and then the circle of the Sun and this was just kind of mid-afternoon edited with snapseed of course um, but just a phone and a Twenty dollar lens, like just as a toy, uh, and you can get some really cool stuff.
0: Look like yeah. eyeballs. <laughs> yeah,
1: Zach likes to give me crap about taking too many photos with my fisheye lens because that's usually attached to the camera or my phone that I'm wandering around with. So
2: maybe not enough pictures with it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I need to do some more just to just to get under his skin a little bit
0: more. That's, hey, uh, remember the discussion we had at the beginning of the show?
1: No. No, I've got,
2: got no like in California was that the one
0: <laughs>
1: I've got no problem yeah.
0: unfollowing you
1: oh oh thanks. I'm surprised uh, you unfollowed me already
0: <laughs> really just uh really- to kind of get back on track here um techno buffalo I've never heard of that website in my entire life, but uh <laughs> they did. <laughs> Where so where are we
1: getting these sources?
0: Peter Pixel did actually end up coming out. Um, the the specs on the uh, EOSB were leaked, and it, it all it is all but replacing the Rebel line, especially when you consider that its European name is the Kiss X Seven. Which, if you know anything mm. about the Rebel line, is act- it's actually the right. Kiss line. In, in um. mm. so they're saying it's going to come with a an eighteen to 55, 3556 IS kit lens, just like the Rebel line. Um, right. It's going to be eighteen megapixel Digic five processor. Uh, four frames per second continuous shooting, an ISO range of 100 to 25,600. Wow! Come um, on, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. that's and ridiculous. A, well, but <laughs> so that's kind of where the mirrorless seem to be um, really killing it. You know, it. yeah. Uh, some of the pictures that Jamie has taken with with his Olympus cameras, mm-hmm. you know, at the top of the the range ISO are there's no noise whatsoever. No noise mm-hmm. whatsoever, so you really got to kind of wonder if maybe this camera is we talked about um Canon developing that sensor a couple of shows ago to to all but shoot in night. Um, mm. You really kind of got to wonder if this is where they're going with this just that the high ISO again nah. uh, it, it it's, if it's going to do video then then that's kind of yeah
1: We'll we'll have to we'll probably have to table this one to the next week, but i um I did a lot of research recently on camera companies. Uh, when I was job searching, and I have a very interesting theory to actually talk about how uh, Canon and how Canon and Nikon are deal- trying to combat these guys in terms of uh, sensor production. They have to. Yeah, but it's see the, th- the funny thing is it's not kind of dry, and I don't want to go into it now because I will definitely run way over time wise, and I w- don't want to. Um, but uh, we'll talk about it next week if anybody wants to uh, tune in. That's listening now, but it should be a, should be a good one.
0: So the last, um, we'll, we'll keep going because I know we've got a short timeline tonight, but um, yeah. the last thing that we wanted to talk about was um, the Momoto wearable life logging camera, uh, which I actually think is pretty neat. I don't know that I would ever be caught dead in public wearing one. Um, <laughs> That's the one it, that goes
1: like on your shirt, right?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it looks like a Bluetooth headset, um, but, uh, but yeah, these are really cool um the the life logging cameras they take a picture every couple of seconds uh this one does every thirty seconds um i mean think of the time in an eight hour day how many photos would that be Let's do the math
2: many. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> um
0: it's kind of neat uh no details on prices or anything like that but uh it was at s x s w so maybe you saw at least and didn't even realize it. I actually did see it.
2: Um, There was a woman from, uh, I think she freelances for the BBC, and um, she, I was was wearing Glass at the time, which is another one of those, like, kind of first-person image ideas, so you can take pictures from Glass, and it's from your perspective, and, um, the woman who I was talking to had one and it was kind of just like on her chest where like a pin would be, or like a button or something like that. It was very small and very discreet. And I actually didn't even notice that she was wearing it until she pointed it out. Um, but I, as you said, it does take pictures every 30 seconds or so. Um, and I've seen some of the pictures and they're They're not terrible. Um, they're pretty good. I've seen, however, also, um, people doing this with things like GoPro cameras, uh, mm-hmm. and gopros are obviously a little bigger and a little more, um, durable so probably a slightly different use case um, but it was still very interesting to kind of see that the The coolest part about something like that for me is then being able to put it in a video and just kind of show like here was three minutes like this photo walk I did or here was three minutes like this you know five hour bike ride that I did as like these short little like clips that just kind of zoom by um, like the time lapse element is the compelling mm-hmm. part to me
1: yeah, I, as long as they have uh, some sort of, um, I don't know, auto-off in the bathroom, nope. I'm in. Like, nope. um, yeah. Two days. Oh,
2: yeah, that's true. Right. Battery life yeah, of because... two.
1: Well, just don't look down. Well, that's not the problem, man. Like The, the mirror at my uh, apartment at home, it is like, completely in front of the toilet like this. So if you're standing up, you can see yourself. And if I have something on my shirt, I'm pretty sure I could see myself. So yeah, I would say you know that there's definitely stuff like that that you have to kind of factor, or you know, having a pause button or something to kind of factor into the whole thing. Well, and I really least, think you not,
0: know, not only but you, not only yours, but I think it, it kind of goes in, in kind of goes in the whole privacy issue of you just walking around taking pictures of people.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the the cool thing I like about Glass and Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong, is um it's not always on you tell it to take a picture, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely
2: something that is user-triggered.
1: Right. So I I think that that's, like, a big thing that people are kind of, I don't know, maybe unfairly going after them for is that you don't necessarily have to have it, you know, it's not on all the time. Um, But, yeah, the stuff that's on all the time. But then, I mean, honestly, if we want to go to cameras being on all the time, I mean, what about the general surveillance of, you know, America in general?
0: Well, and I think that's actually I, kind of – it's kind of interesting um, to read the comments on the article. Uh, that was actually brought up uh, was in five I'm years sure. anyone, anyone who isn't life-logging will be singled out as suspicious. That's um, like what do they ask to
2: that they don't want to share. That's really interesting. I wonder if we'll get to that point yeah. where if you're not life-logging, you're hiding something.
0: <laughs> and then yeah, somebody or... goes, somebody goes, whoops, I left my mimoto uh, uh, inside the changing room. Silly me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's really it's a lot of, and you know, I I kind of feel like this too, and and I'm guilty of it just as much as the next person, but it's a lot of people commenting on who really cares what you're doing in your average everyday life. Do we really need oh. to see 4,000 yeah. photos of you going to work and coming home and sitting on the couch and watching TV? Well,
1: what I mean, okay, so here's an argument: Do any of you guys just do random street photography from time to time and just no. take pictures of people you don't know? Because I, I would say, from a street photographer standpoint, you know, that's it, it's different, nothing. That's nothing different. That's
0: a. That's totally different because that's a. That's a very dedicated. Like you're very focused on what you want to do. You have a a specific goal to go out and find interesting things. This is not going to find interesting things. This is going to find your lunch, or you it's gonna find the back of a stall door as you sit on the can for twenty minutes while you're wasting time at work. Hey, sometimes
1: I lose my lunch. That's kind of important to me. I mean
2: Well so I one mean, of the deep. things that I think maybe maybe reframing this will help a little bit because mm-hmm. if you don't say I'm going to log eight hours a day, like seven days a week or whatever, you say I'm gonna log really specific, interesting events that I think are really you know, important to me or fun or exciting or something like that. So maybe it's a road trip or maybe it's um, like a birthday party or maybe it's a hike in the woods or something like that. And then you can fast forward through it later and share that event. Like to me, that's pretty compelling uh, because you don't have to think about it, but you're still going to get a really interesting kind of like scrapbooky way to remember what you did and be able to share it with people. And you don't have to think about it. I think I said that twice, but you get the idea. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean... I think honestly, if it ever turns up like um, Minority Report, where basically all of your memories are just stored somewhere digitally, and you can just go back anytime you want and rewind and you know slow it down or speed it up, uh, I, I think that that actually would be kind of interesting to have. Um, obviously, it's a ton of storage space and you know uh, other logistical issues, but I think it would be fascinating to you know have the ability to go you know have 20 years from now and go back to this moment in time, for instance, and say, yeah, what was I doing? Oh, I was doing a podcast. Um, but you know, that's like, already yeah, been I,
0: captured. It's already going to be on YouTube. Right, but – It's already in Google+. You know, Plus. It's already on Twitter and Facebook. I'm not I'm not. – don't worry. I'm not poo-pooing on this. I think it's actually really no, cool. Um, it's, it's, okay. So you can poo-poo on this. That's my life is podcast. not interesting enough to lifelog it. That's really kind of what it boils down to.
1: I don't know. I think no. you're selling yourself short.
0: Trust me. Nobody would watch. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to watch my my life right now. That sounds oh really depressing. Yeah, <laughs> that does sound... Do you need like a
1: hug or something? Do God, we need like... Good, your
0: house? No, it's because it's so late here. You
1: freaks from the West. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's almost 10 o'clock on the East Coast. So I guess that, I, that's probably a good way to outro everything since, you know, we're going to let you go cry in your corner later. Um...
0: I'll call you at 5. I'll call you at 5 when I wake up for work tomorrow.
1: Sounds good. I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'll I'll still be <laughs> sleeping for another 15 minutes. Um, but yeah. Le- but anyway.
0: Yeah, Lisa, do you have anything uh you'd like to to kind of close with? Anything you want to kind of get out there? I know I thought you had mentioned something about maybe doing a marathon or something.
2: Oh yeah, so I'm a runner also. I don't want to plug for my fundraiser. Um No, it's fine. No, no, go, for no. It. go for it. Go, um, go for I'm it. I'm going Kenya um, in June, and I'm trying to run a marathon on every continent, and this will be continent number five, um, and I'm fundraising to help uh, conserve the conservancy, if that makes sense, um, but they're responsible for keeping alive a lot of endangered species in Africa. Woo! That, that, that's how people will feel when I finish this race. That's how they'll feel.
1: Zach, um, I'm sorry. There was no Toto part on my soundboard. We need a new soundboard. There is no Africa And my soundboard. (laughs)
2: Um, But I will also plug the Baker Beach Battery Tour photo walk, which is happening this Saturday. Um, And you all should come to it because it is relevant and not a 24-hour plane ride away, and you will have fun.
0: You mean you're not paying for fans to go to the marathon with you?
2: Um, I wish I had that much money. If I did, (laughs) you all would be coming.
1: (laughs) I was about to say, I was like, who, who's going to cover it from you know the your non your not your perspective, but you know the past. Uh, who's going to take pictures of you at the finish line?
2: Oh, my my dad and I are going together. Um, so he and I will be spending two and a half weeks there, and he is he also likes taking pictures, although he shoots Nikon. Um, but I think we can still get along.
0: <laughs> Disown him. What's the thing when you what's What's the thing when you declare yourself away from your parents?
2: Uh, um. Ooh, running away stumper. from home as a 12-year-old? No. Or... Yeah,
1: the that, awesome that is, it, is it, a stumper. No, oh, um, not emancipation.
0: It's um... Yes, that's exactly what it is. Is it emancipation? Yep, emancipate yourself from your parents, or at least from your dad.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I think it would well, fun to I, have a fellow I, photographer I, to run around with, so I'm not complaining too much. Yeah.
0: You should strap a GoPro to your head. That's
1: just my personal, non-professional opinion, but I think If it would you be provide
2: cool. me with a GoPro, I will do it.
1: Uh, I don't know if I can do that, but <laughs> <laughs> it'd be nice. But yes, anyway. So Lisa is definitely fundraising money. So please donate. Yeah, we'll to throw her. that
0: link. We'll throw that link in the show notes. Too.
1: Yeah, because yeah. she's nice, and she came back on our show another time. So we want her to keep coming back. So if people donate, <laughs> the odds of her coming back are probably higher. If I had to guess, so yes, definitely. Um, you know, help her support, uh, or get chased by lions or tigers or bears. I'm not that exactly would be sure a great marathon. On. I it's pretty much uh, what yeah. it is. <laughs> I, Joe, do I you have any, you uh, any fl- closing remarks? Nope. nope. Uh, Lisa took care of it for me, so I'm all good. This okay. is Saturday, uh, 10 o'clock. It's uh, on the profile. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me online. We'll definitely share it. Uh, but it's it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Bring your tripods if you have them.
0: Yeah. And um, from last week's show, we there is still about 24 hours left to um, – Sign up to try and win a a uh, a pass invite. Um, your odds are pretty good so far. Uh, it's either going to be you or the one other person that has signed up for it. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so make moment. sure you yes. make sure you head on over. All people are eligible except for me. Uh, hint hint, Lisa. Uh, uh,
1: yes. I would say <laughs> hint hint,
0: Joe, but he's the other person that signed up. Really, dude? Come on, yeah, like really. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and on my own. I thought personal... this was supposed to be an, an anonymous. No, it's not anonymous. You can see who signed right. up right in the in the uh, the widget. so
1: um, <laughs>
0: yeah, you kind of gave yourself away when you did that. And also in um, in uh, for my personal uh website, I'll be giving away um, or I am giving away uh, one of five or six. I can't remember different who rags. Um, if you watch Survivor, they're actually pretty much kind of like the buffs. Uh, which are really, really neat. Um, So uh, both of those links will be in the show notes um, as well as on Facebook pages and all that stuff. So I don't have anything else. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and close out the show unless anybody else has anything. Sounds good to me. Okay, so um, thanks for tuning in and listening this week. Uh, If you enjoyed the show, make sure you tell your friends. uh, Subscribe to the show. And if you really feel generous, uh, you can give us a thumbs up if you're watching us on YouTube or you can rate and review the show in iTunes. Um, we'd like to thank Lisa for coming back again Uh, hopefully she would uh, join us for a future show or future shows Um, and for everybody listening and watching we hope you'll join us again next week so for Joe uh, Mm -hmm. for Lisa and for myself uh, thanks for listening to the F Stop Here podcast